You are listening to the uncut version of my interview with Dan Locke. This is one half of the narrative podcast that we put together that chronicles the mentorship story of Dan and Benson Sung, entitled Moms, Mentors, and Making Millions. You can listen to that version on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website at fuelradio.com. Okay. Good. Yep, it's on. So actually a question I was going to ask you in the pre-interview was, mm. um, what, what do you call yourself? Okay. Do you call yourself a coach or a trainer or something else? Okay. Uh, yeah. None of those something things. Something else, yeah. What, is, what do you call yourself? <laughs> Just my name, just Dan or my friend okay. Dan the Man Lock. You know, they call me. That, that's kind of that's kind of my yeah. my trademark. Uh, you don't you don't put it. yourself in any any of those boxes. No, no. I, if if anything, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, great. But you do do some training. You have a training program. If if I have a mastermind group that I run called Dan Lock Inner Circle. Um, for, for mentees, but I mean personally, I don't. See, if anything, I would see myself as more a mentor. Uh, a mentor. I'm. I'm not a. The, 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 we could something we could talk about, or even on during the interview. Uh, a coach is more like a basketball coach, right? You know, Michael Jordan has a coach. Tiger Wood has a coach. You know, he shows you how to. You know, asking you questions, holding you accountable, pushing you. Right. It's not quite what I do. Uh, I all the people that I mentor, it's more that I have done it, and then I show them here's what I've done and all the all the mistakes that I've made. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I in in fact I have a lot to say about the whole coaching success coach industry. <laughs> Some controversial comments, uh, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. So I don't see myself as a coach, no. Well, go ahead and share some of those views. What do you think about the whole coaching industry? Okay. Well, I mean, you have a lot of these people uh, who, you know, there's a there's a a, a joke uh, among the industry that uh, for people who are unemployed, just just be, go become a coach. <laughs> uh, and the barrier of entry is so low, and the quality sometimes it's you know it, it all depends. But anybody can just get certified and call, you know, hang a sign out there and say, I'm a coach. But really, what have they done that qualifies them to be a coach? Uh, I think other things are okay. But I think when it comes to business, there there is money involved. There's a lot at stake. Uh, when a business goes down, not just the business goes down, the business owner goes down. And then when the business owner goes down, their family goes down. <laughs> So I think it's a big responsibility, and so I think for someone before they, they you know they take advice from anybody, I always tell people just cons- always consider the source. If the guy is teaching how to do A, B, C, and D, well, has he done A, B, C, and D? Uh, just like all these are law of attraction coaches, unfortunately, they're all fucking broke. They're teaching you law of attraction and prosperity. They've got they can't pay their bills, so so how could they teach you how to do that? So I, I'm more subscribed to the, the principle of I eat my own cooking. If I'm going to teach you how to you know, do internet marketing or I'm going to show you how to do that, I better, I better have done it myself. If I'm going to show you how to get in shape, I better have a six-pack app, right? So if you use that criteria, 
you go out there and you look for. Now, I'm not saying don't hire a specialist, just like I would hire my lawyer or hire my accountant and things like that. Uh, those are fine because they have a they have a specialized skill that I need. Doesn't mean they're more successful than I than I than me, but I hire them before their skill sets. That's perfectly fine. But when it comes to success or business coaching and stuff like that, um, I think you need to consider the source. Have they been there and done that? Not ten years ago. Are they still doing it? Uh, so if you use that criteria, that probably eliminate ninety five percent of people that's out there. You don't waste your money. You don't need to waste your time. Just so you know, we that's fine. yeah, great. Just just so you know, I'll uh, we dove right in here, and I'll give you I'll record an introduction uh, to you. So um, we we don't need to do that right now. Um, so mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about what you do. We're we're here to talk about you and uh, your relationship with with Benson Sung, who who um, was part of your mastermind group, and just tell us a little bit more about the group that Benson was a part a part of. Mm-hmm. Well, with Benson, I think Benson, we met almost, I think more, uh, almost two years now, close to, at least a year and a half. Uh, he met me through my Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group. I run one of the largest entrepreneurs business group in Vancouver, called Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group at Vancouver Club. And so I think he met me through there, and then he asked me to, to mentor him when I said no. And he asked me to mentor him when I said no, because uh, he was too, too young back then, too, too green. Because uh, most people that I work with, entrepreneurs, they're usually probably six or seven-figure entrepreneurs, and they want to go to that next level. But I saw him as a young guy. He was persistent, and he at the time, he was work, making probably minimum wage job at you know, at a at a food court or something like that, just low end job. And but he reminded me a lot of myself when I approached my mentor when I when I was just getting started. Uh, he's also a, a you know he came from Taiwan. My mom is a Taiwanese, so looking at him back then, I was like, you know, this 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 kid has got drive, he's got ambition, and nice kid. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Why don't I take him on? It, it, at the time, it wasn't a mastermind group, it was just a mentoring relationship. And I said, you know what? I would, I would take you on. And he's not the first young guy that I that I took on. I mean, over the years, I've helped a lot of young people and, and built their career and launch, you know, their their businesses and things like that. So, so with Benson and you know, I took him on and. And kind of mentoring him, uh, took him under my wing and show him how to do digital marketing, show him how to how to sell, how to market, and how to be an entrepreneur. And that's how we kind of started a relationship. Tell us about your mentor because I think that there's definitely some uh, spillover or crossover into this story. Uh, you approached uh, mm. Dan Pena, I understand, from hearing your story, and you kind of went through the same thing. He wasn't mm-hmm. uh, at first ready to accept you into his mastermind program either, was he? His exact wording, when I asked, when I first, I read uh, Dan, Mr. Penny's book, uh, Your First 100 Million, then I called the castle, then eventually I got through to him and I met him at the, uh, actually, let me take a step back. So when I called the castle and of course you, you get a gatekeeper, and they say no, and I said, uh, "Can I talk to Mr. Penny?" I said, "No. Well, who are you? Where are you from?" I said, "Well, I'm just 
I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of his work. I read the book, and then they say no, and eventually I got through. And then、uh, Mr. Penny asked me to meet with him、uh, in Los Angeles. Simply said, you know what, kid? He called me kid. He said, kid, I'll be in Los Angeles next week.、Uh, at this time, you know, come meet me and we'll have breakfast. That was that. Now, only took me a few seconds to decide. You know what? I'm gonna fly there just to have a breakfast with him. And so I bought the ticket, flew to、uh, Los Angeles, have spent about two hours with him.、Um, by the way, if you are buying,、uh, if you're going to lunch or breakfast or dinner with a person that's more successful, you pick up the tab. That's one tip for for your listener.、Uh, you paid like not no fifty fifty none of that crap.、Uh, you pay, and so I pay for the breakfast. And and at the end, I said, you know,、uh, I said, Mister Panya, can I can I be your mentee? Can I learn from you? Can I work for you? I'll, I'll do anything. I mean, I can move to the UK. He lives in in Scotland. In he has a castle in Scotland, and anything I will do anything. His exact wording was no way in hell. <laughs> And I said, "Well, but but why? Like I I'm ambitious. I'm a young guy. You know, I I flew all the way here. You can see that I'm I'm determined and I'm serious." And he looked at me and said, "You're not ready."、Uh, I said, "Okay, so then when when would I be ready?" <laughs> he said, "You're not ready."、I、said, "When you're ready, I, I'll 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 let you know." So that kind of started a relationship. Eventually,、uh, I kept in touch with him, and then after maybe another six months a year, then I attended his castle seminar. Uh, which is ten thousand pounds, by the way,、uh, and there,、uh, from there, my my life, like like they say, is forever changed. Forever changed. What besides the book? What attracted you to him? Did you know his persona or his his style? Because actually, I didn't know him、uh, before researching you, and so I looked him up, and、uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's. <laughs> yes, he, he's got an interesting style. I'll let you describe it. <laughs> describe his style and what attracted yeah, he, you to working a, with him. It's like a, a a drill sergeant. He is definitely no holds barred, no bullshit.、Uh, like you know, when I went to the castle back then. Now, now he's in, in fact what you see now. He's actually nicer and gentler today. For for some of you may be hard to believe. Back then, when I went to the castle, he actually beat people up. Okay,、uh, so like he was physically beat you. <laughs>、uh, so he was very he was a very tough tough mentor. Very but very caring. Believe it or not, he's got the very caring side, but the 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 caring comes from it's it's more tough love. So that's that's his his style. He doesn't doesn't. Care what people think, and you, I think best the best way for for you to experience it is actually to go to YouTube, type in his name, Dan Panian, watch some of the videos. You see what I mean. <laughs>、uh, but I know his style, and that's why I love it. I, I love him for that, and that's why he's been my mentor for all these years.、Uh, now I don't know, eight nine years, something like that.、Um, and yeah, I mean, he changed my life. I, I love his style, so doesn't bother me. My bother some other people, but I love it. I love I love the ass kicking, you know, <laughs> yelling, screaming part of him. So, <laughs> is your style at all like his? Like, are you are you an ass kicker? Do you have that drill sergeant side of you in in your、uh, 
I think I have some for sure. If you watch, people say they watch my videos, they watch some of Dan's video. Uh, I would say there are. I'm not as harsh, uh, but there there are some similarities. And but my style it's it's kind of like a combination of of I do have when it needs to be I'll I'll do some ass kicking. But sometimes I'll be just a great listener, just asking questions and and finding out, you know, what, how could I help them and how could I help my mentee? So, so a little bit different. But I have some definitely. I have, no no doubt, he's my mentor. There's some some influence there. So I just want to ask you some quick details about your uh, your group. I'm sorry, what do you call it again? The entrepreneur. Uh, so I have my group called Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group. Right. Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group, which is, uh, we probably now have 1,500 members or so. And people can search online, Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group, and go to my website as well. Um, and then my mastermind group is called Danlock Inner Circle. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. And how do people join the mastermind group? What's what's the criteria? It sounds like you don't just automatically accept anybody who has the money to do it. What, what, no. what do people no. have to do in order to qualify for that? Uh, uh, we right now we are about 22 members strong, uh, probably soon to be 23 members. Uh, first, they have to be min- be making a minimum six figure a year. That's the first criteria. Um, most of the people within the group they are either I would say six figure, soon to be seven figure earners, or they're seven figure earners or eight figure earners. So that's one criteria. So uh, I'm not in the business of turning losers into winners. <laughs> uh, I'm in the business of helping winners win more. So they should be um, quite relatively well established, and but they want to go to that next level. They they want they want the, the support of a group. They want to support. They will hang around with some awesome people, awesome entrepreneurs, and brainstorm and mastermind and, and help them and support them. So. That's what that group is about. And then people go through an application process. And it's not one of those fake application process. Because there are a lot of people say, oh, yeah, we'll put you through an application process. And anyone who writes a check, oh, we'll take you on. You are, you are qualified. Uh, it's, it's not like that. It's just truly an application process. People go through. And then my uh, director, um, Desmond, would interview them probably multiple times. Um, to see what business they're in, uh, are there any conflict within the group, and uh, do they fit well with the group, the personality, and what are their goals, and is it a good fit? And once all that is good, and then I'll probably jump on the phone with them to do the final qualification, and if they pass that, then we welcome. If also it fits within the budget, you know, then we welcome them to the group. That's kind of the process. I can do that. I've been in a couple mastermind groups and. Um, the makeup of the group is so important. I mean, you want to have the right people working together, don't you? Correct, correct. I mean, uh, with a mastermind group, the quality of the members, that's everything. So I have, and my, my, my mentees, they have seen, I have fire over the years, multiple people. Just in the last year, fire like four of them. Any bad apple, they're in. I said, no, I thought it would be a good fit. And then at the end, once they're in the group, I feel like it's just not a good fit. I say, well, here's your money. We can't have you. Good luck. So I've done that multiple times. And that's also when you're running your own group that you can only be effective by being selective. That's what I believe. Uh, you can't just take on everybody. It's not, it's not about that. So so I'm, I'm selective of, of who I want to work with. And that's one of luxury because, and I tell everybody the same thing, with with 
with the group, yeah, people say, oh, Dan, you know, you charge a lot for the group and you make money from the group. Everybody actually who knows me with all the business that I have, I mean, whatever I make from the group is like a tiny percentage compared to what I make from my actual businesses. So I tell one of the benefits that I have as a mentor with anybody is I can tell them the truth because I don't need to sell them shit. I don't need their fucking money. So you like it, you don't like it, I'll tell you what it is. Versus if, if I, I, oh yeah, I, I need your fee, I need you to pay my bills and this and that, that's a, that's a different story, right? So I, I think because of what you said off the top and um, because of the makeup of this group, mm-hmm. maybe it'd be good if you quickly told us about your own entrepreneurial journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I mean, I started my, my first business when I was in, in high school and that's when I first uh, immigrated to, to Canada when I was 14 years old. And my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16 years old. So from there, uh, I'm the only child in my family. So growing up, I mean, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I wasn't one of those people that, you know, I had big dreams and I was going to be successful. I was going to do this and do that and then accomplish some amazing things. And no, I wasn't thinking about that at all. It just when my mom and dad got divorced, I was kind of the only child in my family. I had to man up. I had to grow up and mature very quickly because I wanted to take care of my mom. And because of that, then I chose business because I kind of accidentally stumbled upon into it because money never interests me that much. It's more that I know if I was to provide for my mom, my family, I couldn't do it if I just was just making minimum wage job. I just couldn't. And I wasn't particularly a good student. So doctor, lawyer, accountant, all the, those type of careers, that's out. Uh, I'm not very good looking, so actor is out. <laughs> I'm not very tall and very athletic, very fast. So I'm not going to be an athlete. So that's out. You know what? Entrepreneurship, that's perfect. <laughs> so, and, and I have to say, I, and I wasn't, I, wa- I wasn't, I was stupid enough that I didn't think too much. I didn't know that it could like, I didn't know you're not supposed to start a business at an early age. I didn't know that if you fail one business that you're not supposed to start another one. I, I just failed and I started again. I failed and started again. And I failed and I tried all kinds of things, vending machines, fixing computers for people, mowing lawns for people, all these you know, different things, different, different businesses. And I failed at 13 businesses before having my first success. And so I didn't know you're not supposed to fail at 13 businesses. And I just didn't know. So ignorance at the time was actually a blessing. And so from there, then I found my first mentor. His name is Alan Jacks. And Alan kind of took me under his wing and taught me marketing, taught me copywriting and marketing. Uh, for people who don't understand, like copywriting, it's, it's the art and science of, of putting words on a piece of paper and and like creating ads that sell, that's what it is. So copywriting, marketing, advertising. Uh, and from there, I started my one man copywriting agency, advertising agency, and writing ads for business owners. And I was in my early 20s, so I was making about 10,000 a month uh, as a copywriter. Now I know it, it may, may not be a lot of money for some people, but to me back then, 
that was a lot of money. That was, I felt like I felt like a million bucks, right? Ten grand a month, paying my bills, taking care of my mom,、uh, putting some savings aside. I was so 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 happy. So that's kind of my first. From business failure to to my first business success, you could say. Yeah, it sounds like、um, supporting your mom is a is an integral part of your story. Could you tell me a bit more about that? Because now you're able to、uh, support her. How do, how does that feel? Well, one of the things I, I tell people that you know I've done. You know, you could say、uh, accomplish a lot, or you know, a lot of things I've, I've accomplished. You know, what I'm the most proud of is this: is it you know where I live? Is it the car I drive? Is it the vacation I took? Or is it the people I you know I share the stage with? I would say, you know, no. The the out of all the things that I'm proud of, the most the thing that I'm the thing that I'm most proud of is for the last six years, I've fully provided for my mom so she doesn't have to work. And before my father passed away a couple years ago, I was also fully providing for for him as well.、Hmm. So,、um, as a culture, I think as a as a maybe as a Chinese,、uh, that's important. Just like you know, I just、uh, bought a a new home here. I'm actually doing this interview in the office. We just moved in literally just a month ago, and so that I bought a bigger place, forty three hundred square feet, so that I could stay with、uh, my. Uh, my wife's,、uh, my my mother-in-law and father-in-law, because they're getting older, so you know we could better take care of them, things like that. So, I think you know, out of at the end of the day, you, whatever you accomplish, yeah, you know, money is great, fame is great,、uh, but truly, it's about family. Without family, what's there? Did you know that you share that motivation with Benson? Like one of Benson's big motivating factors is also、uh, supporting his yes, mom. Yes, yes. Well, the first the first time I talked with him, he he saw me good. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he sold me good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he knows. He's done his research. You know, he, he <laughs> talk about the mom and everything. I'm okay. How can I say no to a kid like that? <laughs> so, so、uh, but I'm very.、Uh, Very proud of him. I can't take all the credit. I'm very proud of him. What he's accomplished in just a, a few years, from the kid back then with knowing nothing about business, knowing nothing about marketing, to now, the, the you know the success that he has. I mean, I'm, I'm very very proud of him. It's actually I'm more proud. And yeah, you know, sometimes I go into a company, help them. Yeah, they're making three million a year. Help them increase their sales. They're making six million a year. That's all nice, right? But Something like this—it's—it's—it's it's, it's very. It's a validation of my method works, right? It's a validation the what I could do to impact someone's life. Because every I hear this all the time. People say to me, you know, Danny, of course you could do it, but yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it. Well, you know, yeah, you could do it if you want it bad enough. So you know, helping these young young guys, yeah, it's 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 very satisfying. Very satisfying. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know. Like when I asked you to do this interview, I asked you to pick someone to、uh, that we could do this、uh, two-part story with,、mm-hmm. and and you picked Benson. You know, why? Tell us、yeah. a little bit more about why you picked Benson over some of your other success stories. Like you say, you could have picked someone who's already、mm-hmm. uh, doing it, and you've just amplified what they already have in place.、Mm-hmm. But、mm-hmm. why did you pick Benson? Because people always, a lot of people sometimes they listen to an interview like this, they have this limiting belief that oh yeah, other people can do it, or because he's got this advantage, or or this and and that. I like to take someone who's more has that 
kind of transformation from before and after, knowing where if they say, yeah, you know what, if Benson could do it, if that guy could do it, maybe I could do it too. So it's not so much the how-to. Funny thing is, the how-to in life usually is not that complex. The how-to everybody could get. There's so much information out there. There's so much knowledge and wisdom out there. There are books out there. There are videos out there. There are workshops out there you can attend. Well, then why don't more people become successful? The ratio doesn't change. It's still the same. Still the same. With the internet, without the internet, it's the same. So I think with Benson's story, hopefully that it's inspirational. Hopefully that inspires other people. And say, you know, if he could do it, then I could do it too. Hell yes. If he could do it, yes, you could do it if you want it bad enough. Um, and so that's why I, I picked him. And from where he was, I can, I still even have, I still have his picture back then when he has a little bit of hair. Which, <laughs> and I told him to shave his head so he looks a little bit older because he looks way too young. And I mean, the way he dressed, uh, now he's in three piece suit, everything. Uh, and have that kind of influence on a young mind, on person. It just it's I don't know how to explain it. It's it's fun. It's 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 more fun than this is this is that's why I do like I do mentoring. I see the transformation. Um yeah, it's nothing quite like it's very fulfilling. Because achievement and fulfillment they're two different things. Um and that's what I've learned in life. At first first ten years of my career, damn good at achieving things. Type A personality, get shit done, whatever it takes, totally miserable. Okay, workaholic, no balance in life. Then I met my wife, uh, Jenny, and and also now um, learning about. Okay, you know what? Just because I'm a an achiever, I'm very good at achievement. Doesn't mean I'm very good at this fulfillment thing. You actually have to work on this fulfillment thing, uh, and you don't get fulfillment just by you know a- accomplishing more and doing more things. You get fulfillment by giving back, by contributing. By learning, by growing, by being a part of something bigger than yourself, and that's what I've learned after I turned thirty years old. So then, last three four years, I've shifted, I've changed quite a bit. Uh, and funny thing is, as a result, ha- I'm happier. I am. I'm more fulfilled. But also, my my business is doing better than ever because of this this approach. It's more Zen, I know, but it's it's is what it is. What, it works. What led to the shift? Most people I meet that have that kind of shift in their in their thinking and in their approach to life, uh, there's something that happened. Was there some sort of uh, tipping point or seminal moment that that caused that shift? Wow, you're asking some deep questions, man. Um, uh, this is kind of personal, but it's when I hit. Uh, when I hit 20, 27 years old, it was 27 years old, and quote unquote, you can say I, I've made it, you know, millionaire status. And I, when I say millionaire status, I don't mean like a million in net worth, right? People say millionaire, I mean a million cash. Uh, so then by the time I'm 30 years old, it's multi millionaire status. And one day I was just looking at what I do and I was just burnt out. And I was like, you know, What's what's next? I'm 30 years old, and people think of me. Oh, Daniel's so successful, and you are you're smart, and you're this and that. But just deep down, I felt something was missing. I felt that I just wasn't happy, I, I, and I didn't know why. And then I finally figured it out. 
it's because for the first number of years of my life, I was learning from Mr. Pena. And he's a certain personality type, that he's a ruthless, tough businessman. That's who he is. And I love him for that. And I, I learned how to be a businessman through him. And But that's not who I am. Because both my mom and dad, they are... Um, they are like, you know, they volunteers for charities. They are like some of the most loving people you meet. And they have, they have a lot of friends. Money never interests them. Like they, they kind of joke about it. Like, you know, just two days ago, I was talking with my mom. I talk to my mom every, every week. But I talked to my mom. You know, we were talking like, I'm so different from them. I, I'm so different from them. And I, t- I told my mom, mom, actually, I'm not that different. First years of 10 years of my life, I tried to copy and model uh, Mr. Pania. And I call him Big Dan, <laughs> model Big Dan. And, and now, you know, I learned that that's not my personality. I was trying to be somebody, that, somebody else because I thought that's what you need to be, who you need to be to be successful in business. Uh, and there's some truth to that. I, I mean, it does make you more effective. But then I learned that, you know what, I need to be more like my mom and dad. So now I kind of have the intention of, of that coming from that giving, coming from that caring aspect. But I still have to retain the business acumen, the mental toughness from Big Dan. And I found that yin-yang approach, uh, in, in the Chinese term, the yin-yang approach, soft and hard, that approach it works best for me. It may not work for everybody though, but that's what works best mm-hmm. for me. And I find that uh, now, so now let me give you a, a very real life example. Okay. Because this would sink in, make, make the lesson sink in a bit. Like before everybody sets goals, right? You know, high achievers, we set goals, we meet deadlines, we, we put our objectives on the board and we, you know, we get, we get things done, Right. And I was very much a, a goal setter and I would set a deadline. And if I don't hit the goal within the deadline, I would feel absolutely horrible. I would feel like, oh my God, I, I, I failed. I'm not good enough. Or, or what's wrong with me? How come all, all these lazy people, if they would have just stepped up, I could have accomplished my goal. So I was in this state most of the time. And, and then now, no. It's like, you know what, I, I kind of, this is kind of the direction I want to go and and these are the things I want to do. And if they get done within a certain period of time, I'm grateful. And if they don't, well, then I just work on it a little bit more. But I don't have, I'm not in that state of frustration or that, um, that frantic energy, if that makes sense. Uh, now the energy is more, yeah, I'm doing bigger deals, bigger number, but I'm not attached to whatever. If it goes well, great. If it doesn't go well, no, that's okay. What can we learn from this? Um, yeah. Great. Thanks for sharing that. I'd, I'd like to jump back mm. to Benson just for a second. Like when you yes. first started working with him, what were a few things that you saw that he was clearly going to have to work on? Well, he was I mean, he, he's still very young. He was so young um, and he, he he was very green. I mean, he had knew nothing about business, knew nothing about anything, really. Uh, so just like any one of my mentees, I tell everybody the same thing. The first thing you have to do, um, actually, why don't I share this with you? Because it might be helpful to everybody listening to this, that in business, I think you have, I, have a, I teach a concept called the wealth triangle. 
the wealth triangle. And there are three, if you think of a triangle, there are three corners of the wealth triangle. The first corner, which is the first stage, it's called what I call high income skills. For anybody, I recommend at first uh, in the business world, you need to develop what I call high income skill. And I define high, in- high income skill as something that you would, that would make you at least $100,000 a year. $100,000 a year, or has the potential to make you $100,000 a year. So once you've developed that, then you would go into stage two, which is what I call scalable business. Now you can build a scalable business, and I define scalable business as a business that you could grow without a lot of infrastructure or a lot of capital. And then what I next step, stage three, is what I call high return investments. And high return investments, my definition is any investment that would give you a 10% return um, every year, year in and year out. Simple as that. So the three corners, wealth triangle. So with Benson, I said, first thing you got to do, I say to everybody, you got to develop your high income skill. You got to have a skill set that you are you are performing a service, you're delivering value to the marketplace, and the marketplace is is willing to reward you for it. You got to be valuable first. And once you get there, then you can do other things and scalable business or return investments. Uh, what where most people screw it up is they sometimes try to jump into high return investments, such as they watch an infomercial on TV, some guy, some guru is talking about how to buy money with, how to buy real estate with no money down, and they go out there and max out the credit and buy a bunch of properties. That's just surefire way to disaster. Uh, because if you only have a job or you're just an employee, leveraging like that, it's just not very, not very smart. Instead, building the foundation, uh, I have a quote. I say, take care of your cash flow needs first today before you worry about creating wealth. I'll say it again. Take care of your cash flow needs today before you worry about creating wealth. So take care of cash flow needs, making making 10K a month. Now, for most people, unless you are just blow money like crazy, but for most people, wouldn't you agree, 10K a month, you're pretty comfortable, right? In, this, in the lower mainland where we live. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's almost no option. You have to be making that much just to get by. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so 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 yeah, so getting you know that means you you're paying for the car, you you know you you're paying for bills and all that stuff, and from there doesn't mean we stop there, but I think that's a very good starting point, focal point to 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 focus for most people. Get there first, and then you can go through you know stage two and three. So with Benson, yeah, I said you got to develop a skill. So we went through a different things. I was teaching copywriting and I was teaching him in digital marketing, e-commerce. I was trying to find what, what is his strength. And every person that I, I mentor, the funny thing is, if you talk to, if you actually were to sit down, interview every single one of them, I think you'd be very surprised. You'll notice every single one of them, I teach them different things. There's no cookie cutter approach. Because my approach is each person is different. Their background is different. Their belief is different. Their, uh, so it's not a cookie cutter approach. I don't have a, you know, five easy step to, you know, success or seven magical ways to, you know, financial freedom. It's not what I do. I look at the individual. I look at see what, okay, what are their personalities? What are their strengths? What are they like? And I built around that. So with Benson, he then later on stumbled upon, you could say, found his 
passion, which is uh, digital marketing, and more specifically, building uh, digital sales funnels for businesses. And from there, he just you know, skyrocketed and working with clients and now working with some big names in the into the marketing world. So I'm very proud of him. Was was there a time while he was working with you that you, you just thought, okay, he's got it? <laughs> Do yeah. you remember a time where there was a bit of yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a tipping point? Not even a time. Like I know, like every single one of my mentees, I, I mean, to me, they're like my family, truly. And so they, I know each one of them very well. And I always tell them, oh, I, I didn't, they don't even say anything. I look at them, I say, you got it. When they kind of, there's that line, right? Once they're like, they're not that smart, not that smart. Um, they haven't, they did, they don't quite get it yet. And once they get it, they kind of cross that line. They jumped over to the other side. Um, and I always tell them, oh, that's awesome. And usually, you know, it's not so much a, a, a knowledge thing. It's a, it's a mindset thing. Once they get that mindset, the way I think about things, and I view different things. Um, and then they get it and then everything become, becomes easier. For some people, it takes six months. For some people, it takes two years. Some, for some people, they never get it. So that happens too. Do you, do you recall that moment for Benson? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you yeah. describe multiple it? Multiple mo- actually, actually, multiple moments. I think when he first, um, if I can recall, there are a few moments. One, I think when we went to the seminar together, um, uh, in La, uh, Las, uh, Las Vegas, I think that's when he, the first time he kind of he clicked for him and said, wow, this is awesome. This is something that I could do. Was that an internet marketing um, conference? Yeah, internet marketing conference. Yeah. Uh, by put together by Russell Brunson. And that's when he, when he joined and got certified. That's, I think that's one kind of aha moment when he got it. I think another moment was actually one time, because we do, we kind of, we go to dinner together with all the mentees every single Friday, every Friday. It's one of these dinners that when I looked at him, we were just chatting casually and, and he, he got it. And I know if they got it or not, just by the way they're asking me the questions. Because the way they ask me questions tells me a lot about their thinking process. And I do believe there is such a thing as a dumb question, by the way. Um, and at, at first, they're asking kind of kind of dumb questions. Uh, but then later on, you see they're asking more and more profound, more refined, more, in some cases, even breakthrough questions. Then I'm like, okay, you got it. You're asking the right thing, not some dumb question. So yeah, it's one of these dinners, but I don't remember the exact time, date. That's got to be pretty exhilarating for you. Like you put in all this effort. It sounds like you really care for the people that are in your mentorship group. It's got to be pretty exciting when when you see those breakthroughs. Yeah, and, and that's the only reason I do it. I tell them that, and they all know it. You know, they said they they say it. That Dan doesn't have to do this, but he he does it for you know for us. And you know, actually, we're having a housewarming party just this Friday. All of them are coming to my place, and you know, we we can have a party. We're gonna sing karaoke and have some fun. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they they truly they're like like my family. So seeing these breakthrough. But on the other hand, um, if there's a self-serving benefit. It, it keeps me sharp. It truly keeps me sharp because I'm solving, put it this way, sometimes at, at this point in my career, I've been in business for now, like over a decade now, about so many years, that 
a lot of the time, what I do, I don't think about it too much anymore. I just do them. It's kind of people talk about the the um, subconscious competence. I just do them. But working with people who are who are not quite there yet, it keeps me sharp because I have to think of what I do, and I got to think much much deeper. So if I learn a new, let's say I learn a new strategy, oh, I can just learn a strategy and implement it. But if I learn a strategy and say, you know what, if I was to teach it to go back to teach it to my inner circle members, hmm, how can I simplify this? How could I? Explain it in a way that they will understand. So this process deepens my understanding of that makes sense, uh, and and I have to go deeper. I have to think deeper, and then also solving their problems on a daily basis. There are different business problems, different issues. They're working on a deal. They're negotiating with somebody. They're putting together an offer. They're doing a launch. All these things. And I mean, it does, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Think about it. Most people run one company and they run one business and they solve that those type of problems, and that's okay all day long. But imagine you are working in twenty, thirty different industries, not including my own companies, with different people, and you're solving all kinds of problems. Well, you don't have to be very smart. You will naturally get smarter because you just it's you're practicing every day. So when most people solve X amount of problems in their lifetime, I probably solve that amount times ten in a decade, right? So when you have that kind of data and input and 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 working with different people, um, it's it it keeps you it keeps me on kind of keeps me keeps me sharp for sure. You mentioned that wealth triangle, and that was great, by the way. Um, what are what are some of the biggest lessons from working with? Benson, that you think others can benefit from hearing? Mm, it, it depends on what context. Uh, I would say what I've shared is that in, I think in, in, in life we go through, well, actually, let me give you this piece. Uh, this, this might be useful. I think in life we go through four stages, four stages of life. At first uh, is what I call survival. Survival, you're paying the bills. You want to get to a point where you can survive. Shelter, food, right? Water, survival. Uh, once you get beyond survival, the next level is what I call uh, security. Now, security, it's not you, you're not just surviving, but you, you're comfortable. You are you are you know kind of paying the bills. You're taking care of your family. You've got a a, a business, a safe, secure job, whatever it is. But security. Then from security, you want to go beyond that, and that is success. Now you, it's more than just enough. Now it's success. So I would say security is you're getting what you need, but but uh, security is getting what you need. Uh, but success is you pretty much you have what you want. The nicer things in life, you know, the 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 charities that you want to support, that's all all. all Awesome, right? So success. Then from success, but however, success, you're still focusing on yourself. It's very internal, uh, me focus. Then the higher level is significance. Now is you're asking the question, you know, what's what's my legacy? What's who can I? Who else can I impact? And and what's what am I leaving behind? Uh, what am I what am I contributing to the world? So that's significance. I think those are the four stages we go through in life. And if we know kind of where we're at, 
and we worked towards that. And uh, it's just like early in my career, I went from from survival to security, from security to success, from success to significance, and yeah. And it's I think one mistake sometimes I see people make, especially kind of let's say the the young people, uh, I see that they are at the survival mode, but they're trying to be significant. So they're trying to save the world before they save themselves. They say, yeah, I want to make a difference. I want to do all that stuff, but you can't pay your bills. See, you can't coming from you can't give coming from a place of, of scarcity. You could only give coming from a place of abundance. So I would say become successful first, then you could give. You can give along the way, enjoy the journey, but why not become successful first? Take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of people around you. Yeah, then you can be significant. Then you want to change the world. You want you want you want to change the environment. You want to you want to do whatever big goal that you have. Then go do it. But don't use that as an excuse. Then you know not being successful. You're too busy helping everybody else, but you're not helping yourself. So I would say that's that that would be a big lesson for for people. I have one more question I want to ask you, but before I ask that, um, just is there anything else that you know in thinking about uh, Benson and your work with him that uh, you were hoping to cover that we haven't covered so far? I would say when uh, maybe uh, I'll share uh, for anyone that's that's looking for a mentor because people ask me this question all the time, like, you know, Dan, great. How do I find a mentor and how do I work with a mentor? I think this may be helpful. I think you want to find a, a mentor who you share the same values, who, who a mentor who is where you want to be in your dreams, that they have the lifestyle that you want, that they share the same values. And you also, you get along with not just in business setting, but outside of business, you, you feel comfortable kind of hang around with that person. I think that's pretty key. And you never want to approach a mentor as a, you don't want to be a, a, a you know, we have givers and we have takers in life. You want to approach a, a mentoring relationship like uh, as a taker that, wow, you know, I'm going to suck all the knowledge out of you and, and, and you're obligated to help me because I get these emails almost on a daily basis. That people found me and say, oh, you know, Dan, I'm in this desperate situation. Can you help me? I said, no, because you're not helping yourself. You want to get to a point where you can you can show the mentor your commitment and your drive and your ambition that, you know, you have what it takes. So approach the relationship, see what you can give, what you can bring to the table, uh, what you could, anything. You want to give first before you, you ask anything in return. I have another mentee who's a very good friend, kind of brother, kind of almost like a, a brother of, of, of Benson, Stephen. And Stephen, when he first approached me, he said, Dan, you know, I, I can, please, please, can you please mentor me? I said, no. He said, I'll do whatever. You know, I'll, I'll come. I'll, 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 I'll pick, up, pick you up from the airport. I'll drive you around. I'll, I'll wash your dishes, whatever you need. I said, you know what? That's... I don't need anybody to do, do, to do that kind of stuff for me, but I like that, that he wants it, that he values my experience and what I could do to change his life. So, you know, and, and that type, when you approach relationship that way, uh, I think that's, that's important. So with Benson, I could say, yeah, and from day one, we get along. And then that's why we, we do things outside of business. You know, we, we, 
in fact, in fact, this year, you know, we're planning a trip together with a bunch of the mentees. You know, we we and then next week we're going going river rafting with them, and we do fun stuff. Like we work hard, but we play hard too. So, fantastic! I've got a a train going by here. <laughs> so I got to ask you: in Vancouver, we have mm-hmm. this hipster culture where everybody dresses down, and you you go yeah. absolutely against the grain with the. With the red suit, what's your what's your thinking behind the red suit? Okay, the red suit. Well, I would say we do. I mean, in Vancouver, this I learned. I learned from Big Dan. Big Dan said to me, "You never get a second chance to make a first impression." Um, and you know, and people sometimes argue, "Yeah, you know," but you know, Dan Richard Branson dresses casual. Well, I said when you are. When you are when you are Richard Branson, you can dress just whatever damn you want, right? <laughs> you can be naked as far as I'm concerned; it doesn't matter.、Um, but I think for most people, that when you want to build a reputation, when you want to be taken seriously, you want to project a professional image. Yeah, you mean dress properly?、Uh, I ask, why not? For guys, put it this way. I ask every every guy, woman, same. Let's say let's say for guys, any gentleman, when you dress in a suit, for most guys, I say when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you perform better. You have more confidence. Then why the hell not? If you're going into a negotiation, you're going into a sales situation. If that suit gives you more confidence, it helps you close the deal easier. Why the hell not do it? Why not do that? The thing that would give you an edge. Why? Why be underdressed and have less confidence? Just like if you dress very casually, you go into an expensive hotel, you feel you're you're out of place. So、um, with me, that's 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 why. And also with the rest suit, that's another thing that I do. It makes me stand out, which I know when in in, in a throughout a whole day that there are a number of speakers speaking. They might not like my message. They might not like my personality, but they should remember my red suit. <laughs> yeah. So that that gets then my my I've accomplished my my objective. Most businesses go out of business because of of obscurity. Nobody knows who the hell they are. Before you can do anything, you gotta first get attention. If if I, I look at any business, I say if you're struggling, you're not getting getting enough attention. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows your product. Nobody knows your brand. First, you got to get attention first. When you after you get attention, then you're gonna get some haters, <laughs> right? So from from attention, at first you get to attention, and then you're gonna get criticism. You're gonna get hate, hatred. You're gonna get uh, uh, negativity. Eventually, then you get admiration. But you go through that. I, th- I think you'll like this story. I mean, I, I agree with you. I notice that people treat me differently when I when I'm dressed up. But my nephew,、mm. who's you know young twenty hipster、yes. guy, just like we just <laughs> described, that's right.、Uh, he started wearing a suit and a, and a tie, probably with jeans, you know, for pants or whatever. But the、yes. other night he went to a concert with his friends and they couldn't get in. They were hoping to buy scalping tickets, and he he ended up outside. His friends、uh, somehow got in or went somewhere else. So he went to the bar by himself. And he said there was a group of like really professional guys there, and they were buying him drinks and included him in the conversation. And you know, people that he normally probably wouldn't relate to or talk to, they they invited him right into their circle. Yeah,、uh, you know, somewhat because of 
or maybe primarily because of the way he was dressed. Definitely, definitely. People, people say you know people do judge a book by its cover. It's just the way how we are wired. So the way you dress and and all of that stuff, and it makes it, it makes a statement. The rest should makes a state makes a statement because it's it's outrageous. It's out there, uh, and and not not everybody could would be comfortable wearing a suit like that. It 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 tells a lot about you know, the the audience about the person, right? It says a lot. Put it this way. I don't need to say a whole lot. Just walk walk out there with a red suit. It says a lot a lot about who I am, right? And also, it's an expensive suit, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dan, this was great. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for being willing to do this. I'm just switching. I won't include this in the in the, in the the um, recording. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just switching my format to this uh, sort of mentor coaching story where we I talk to the mentor or coach and talk to someone that they've coached. I just think it really helps um, solidify the 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 story and what works and that sort of thing by talking to people on both sides of it. But anyways, uh, you're one of people that uh, agreed to do this. And I, I really, really appreciate it taking the time to do this. No problem. And like I said, when whenever if it's to give back, it's to not just full promotion, exposure, that's all nice. But if here's what I believe, when you we don't know who's going to listen to this or, or, or benefit from this, you don't, you just don't know that's what i've learned that that one quote that one conversation that one story could change someone's life and it could be one day from now when it's released it could be a year from now it could be 10 years from now um but that's a beautiful thing that truly is a beautiful thing so i, and I so i applaud you for uh, acknowledge you for for putting this together and, and wanting to to share kind of take these mentor and mentee story and share with the rest of the world so kudos to you thanks dan and how do people get in touch with you what's the best way to reach you if they want to find out more about uh what I, I would say just go to danlock.com d-n-l-o-k.com that's the easiest uh and they can subscribe to my youtube channel just go to youtube type in my name danlock d-n-l-o-k i've got now 300 somewhat videos on youtube it's all for free. And I've got my podcast. Also, it's you can search online. It's also free. So most of the stuff I do is all free out there. So any people can download. They can access anywhere from the world. Good. We'll include links to all of that in the, in the show notes. So You got it. Good. I'll let you go. And I look forward to seeing the file in uh, Dropbox. Yeah. So don't hang up.